Amen. 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 I'm going to invite you, if you'd like to follow along with the reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, page 1038. Hopefully there's a blue Bible in the pews there. You can go grab your phone if you've got, there you go. <laughs> Uh, we read this chapter a lot, or at least a portion of it, so uh, some of this is going to sound quite familiar. We just read it uh, this, past, uh, this past Friday. Chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, a time for everything. There was a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Whatever is has already been and what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. And I saw something else under the sun. In the place of judgment, wickedness was there. In the place of justice, wickedness was there. I said to myself, God will bring into judgment both the righteous and the wicked. For there will be a time for every activity a time to judge every deed. I also said to myself, as for humans, God tests them so that they may see that they are like the animals. Surely the fate of human beings is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so dies the other. All have the same breath. Humans have no advantage over animals. Everything is meaningless. All go to the same place, all come from dust, and to dust all return. Who knows if the human spirit rises upward and if the spirit of the animal goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better for a person than to enjoy their work, because that is their lot. For who can bring, to them, who can bring them to see what will happen after them? Mm. Ecclesiastes 3. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord, thank you for your word and this portion of your word that 
part of it is so familiar and, and loved and offers us comfort, a reminder. Another portion of this chapter, Lord, that reminds us again of the challenge and pain and difficulty of this world that we live east of Eden because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And so we ask that as we gather now around these holy scriptures, your spirit might guide us, might teach us, might give us ears to hear, eyes that see, and most importantly, hearts that understand that we might embrace you and even the Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, Coleman drew the long straw. That's the good one, okay? So Eric was going to be out for a couple weeks. And so, Becky, you know, we talked. Who's going who's to assist? <clears throat> and so Becky got to talk about despair and meaningless and all that <laughs> stuff last week. Um, and so you get to talk about a time for everything. But what Coleman doesn't know is I'm going to ask him to sing that song from the 60s. <laughs> Ready to everything. To, uh, okay. You don't want me to sing. We don't me. want you to. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So most of the time when we think about the book of Ecclesiastes, this is the passage. Okay. This is the one that we hear. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time for this, a, a time for that. Uh, and thanks be to God for chapter three. Um, we need these words right now. The last uh, two weeks, those opening two chapters, they're kind of hard, right? Everything's chasing after the wind. Everything's meaningless. Um, last week, you know, uh, the, the, the teacher gave himself to everything. Wine, women, and song, and found that nothing satisfied. And so he began to despair. And so just at that moment <laughs> that we might say, I'm going to close the book and not going to pick this book back up, we get chapter 3. And, and it's like... Uh, Boy, haven't the, the, the mornings been so delightful these last few days? Ooh, cool, uh, cool in the morning, um, just a, a sense of beauty. And so this comes to us as a cup of, of cold water. Now, this is my personal and pastoral opinion, okay? I can't prove nothing here to you, but what I'm going to say is I believe this is one of the top five passages, these opening verses, that every Christian believer needs to know. We could debate what those other ones were, but a John 3, 16 is going to be in there, right? <laughs> it's probably going to be a Psalm 23 in there. But I believe Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, need to be in everybody's wheelhouse. Then you don't have to memorize, but you need to know how to get there, you need to read these words often. They are bedrock. They, they offer foundational truth and wisdom to us. And I want to talk about four reasons why I believe this is so. First is this. The teacher has been reminding us that we live in a world of disorder and chaos and brokenness and suffering. We live, as it were, east of Eden. That's the, the language of, a, of uh, Genesis chapters 3 and 4. God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden after, their, after the, the sin to live east of Eden. So east of Eden is that description of the world as we all experience it. And so there is chaos, there is brokenness, there is wickedness in the place of justice. There is corruption, there is heartache, there is disease. This is the world as we experience it. And so 
as we've been reading these last two weeks, the opening chapters, there is a struggle that we find in, in finding purpose in such a world. It, it, it would be easy to despair. And so chapter three comes to us like the cool morning breeze and, and reminds us there is a time and season for every activity in a broken world such as we have. God is still God. God is still sovereign. But there's a time and a season for every activity. There is order in the midst of uh, the disorder. I personally believe that the very structure of the passage itself is trying to communicate a message. There's symmetry, there's balance, there's order, there's these pairs. Uh, the time to be born, the time to die, the time to plant, the time to harvest, the time to kill, the time to heal, the time to tear down, the time to build. And so these pairs uh, give us this, these contrasting and complementary experiences are reminding us that in the midst of life that can seem very chaotic at times and very disordered at times, there is order. There is symmetry. There is structure. And so we need this passage. You read the news, you listen to the headlines. I don't know how you get your news, but it can be, it can be uh, challenging when one thinks of, of how, the, um, uh, how the world comes to us and you can forget that when things are bad, there's also going to be a time when things are good. And so Ecclesiastes 3 reminds us that. Secondly, this passage reminds us that everything fits. Everything has a place in God's plan. That experience that you may be going through right now that you think no way could God possibly have a, a purpose or, or a, a reason for this. It's in the list. I, I know it might not be exactly in the list, but it's in the list. And so there is no detail so small or mundane that escapes God's notice. This is not a particularly religious set of events that are talked about here, right? A time for this and a time for that. It doesn't say there's a time to pray. There is a time to pray. There's a time to worship. There's a time to believe. It doesn't say any of that. What it's talking about is as we live our actual lives and, and we go about the planting, uh, uh, the, the, the building, um, you know, we don't scatter stones, but, but I think that's, you know, the building of fences, right? Uh, the building of our lives, the building of a, a business. Uh, Coleman, you're a, a businessman. And so God is not simply concerned about our religious activity and religious lives. Some people think that. That God wants, you know, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half of our time on Sunday mornings, you know, 9 to 10 or, you know, uh, 11 to 12. No. Life is not random. Life's not chaotic. Life is not... Uh, um, uh, out of order, everything fits. And so I want to think with you a little bit. You are a, a businessman. You grew up at this church, okay? You went off to another school. <clears throat> the best school. Another school <laughs> in Virginia. <laughs> 
And so how have you seen this, this reality? You know, there's a time to study and then a time to go to work, to get a job, right? Then you went back to study, I understand, right? I did. Okay. And got your master's. So just what, think about this. So when I was preparing for this, um, I read Ecclesiastes and I started thinking about the phases of, really the phases of life. Mm. and what are the phases of life? We could come up with you know, a list 100 uh, modules long. Um, phase one, what I came up with, was adolescence and knowledge. Hmm. Phase two is career and family. Phase three is empty nest and retirement. And phase four would be old age. So let's break it down. Hmm. So adolescence and knowledge gaining, that's when you're a child and so that's the educational that's, years, that's, essentially? That's right? the education. Okay. And does that end at high school, college, master's degree, yep. doc- doctoral degree? Yep. Um, that has a huge bearing mm-hmm. on your life. That has a huge bearing on the future phases. Phase two, you get into your career and your business. Um, you get a job. You establish an income stream. You hopefully mm-hmm. find a spouse and raise a family. Um, establish your lifestyle to a level that's comfortable for you. Um, at that point, your choices are pretty much done. Mm-hmm. You're fixed. Mm-hmm. The Lord is giving you... Well, you're clearly on a path, you're right? On, you have, there you're, are, you're on a path. You're on a path, and God has given you your lot, as they say, and you should be happy with it. Then you roll into phase three, which is um, empty nester and retirement. I'm getting close to empty nester. I got one going to college <laughs> next year. Yep. Uh, so starting to look at that, but not a whole lot of changes. You're kind of fixed in. Yeah. And then you've got old age. And at old age, you know, that's the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. And um, Well, and maybe some fruitfulness too, right? So you're looking back on life. I'm not going to say anybody here is in old age. Nobody here would be in that season, no. right? But there's a fruitfulness of the the richness of, of your life to that point. Of, of fruitfulness of your experiences and, and of your wisdom. Yeah. And the wisdom that you can pass down to your children and to your grandchildren. But you called this a, a uh, splash of cold water. Um, mm-hmm. I called it a brief slap in the face. <laughs> because you have so many people in life and guilty is charged. Huh. Not anymore, but yeah. guilty is charged. Um, you know, you're caught up in the rat race. Uh, you're caught up in make money, more money, more money, uh, power. We live in Washington, D.C., where you have politicians and greed and corruption and mm. more power, more power. Mm. And this, to me, was an awakening that said, you know, get over yourself. Life is short. Life is very short. And you need to take the lot that God has given you, mm. which is a gift from God, and enjoy it. Mm and enjoy it, and take that wisdom and pass it down to your children and your grandchildren. But if I could, then I would say there is a time to probably work long hours. I think, I think that's the part of the wisdom here. Phase there two. is a time to uh, probably, you all probably experience some of that, you know, we experience that, right? You know, the, 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 the some of our work, uh, calls us away, some travel for, uh, for their work, and, and there's a time to travel for work, there's a time to be home, uh, there's, there's a time to roll up the sleeves and work the you know, 60, 70, 80 hour weeks, and there's a time to step away from that. Mm-hmm. 
And so, um, which really, I think Coleman brings me to the third reason this, this passage is so important, and I think you've just articulated in, in, in so many words, life is lived in seasons. We forget that sometimes. And I love that little pattern. <laughs> the education years, the adolescence, you know, the, 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 the youth, that's like the springtime, right? You could say that's the springtime of life. Mm-hmm. And then the summer time of life would be the, the getting after it years, career. the working career, career years, and right? Autumn is when you start to empty nest and you're seeing the fruit of your lives and your children and your, your work and career, and then you start to retire. And then winter would be the old age. So, so it's, a, it's a sweet little, uh, I've not heard it quite that way. Very so good thank analogy. Thank you for, for offering that. And so life is lived in seasons. Now, you shouldn't be wearing your winter coat in the middle of August in D.C., you're free to do that, right? <laughs> Nor should you be having your gold chain around your neck as an 80-year-old down at the beach, right? You know, we've all maybe seen that person too. You wanna be in season, right? And so this is why with our children we stress, and our language was, your job is to do your homework. My job is to go to, go to work and, and do my job as a, as a pastor. Mom's job is to, is to keep the home running and, and, and her work that time as an interior designer. Your job is to turn in your homework on time. So, so they're learning responsibility and then you go off to get a job. Mm-hmm. And, and so this staying in season or recognizing the season you're in, I think that's the key. And so the challenge comes in the cusps, you know? So when, when it's going from summer to, uh, to fall, you're waiting for that, you know, that, that cool breeze to come. Football, you know, football season's here, right? You get that first snap. And so it's when we're transitioning from seasons, that's the key. And so we sometimes have to challenge our children to step up and take some responsibility because yes. you're moving into summer, right? Absolutely. And that's a piece of it. And so some folks maybe don't want to retire because I love working. Yeah, but there's a time to do that. So life is lived in seasons, and this passage speaks to that. That there is a a season for every activity. Now, um, March of 2020, a little over a year ago, we entered the season of refraining from embracing, right? There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And we got there collectively as a, as a world, as a nation, as a church. There was a, there's a time to mask. There's a time to unmask, right? <laughs> there's a time to refrain from going to church. There's a time to come back to church, right? And so uh, there's a time for every activity. The fourth, so, so, so three reasons so far why this should be in your top five. One, it, it, it reminds us that life is not all disorder. Uh, the passage speaks to us of order and structure in, in God's timing. Everything has a, a, a fitting place uh, in the purposes of God. And so uh, God cares about every detail of our lives, not just our religious and spiritual lives. And then this notion of the seasons, the four phases. Adolescence, education, career. And family. And family. Empty nest or retirement. Empty nesting, retirement, and then old age. 
I like that. The last reason is that Ecclesiastes, I think, is the Old Testament passage that sits alongside another one of our top five, and that's the Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I would offer that Ecclesiastes chapter 3 sits underneath Romans 8.28. We love Romans 8.28. It's the one that gives us a sense that, okay, in the midst of the struggle, God is working all things. I can't see exactly how God's going to work this thing. But what we don't often do is read the fuller chapter of Romans 8. And so I think Ecclesiastes 3 sits under Paul's writing. He would be informed. The Apostle Paul who wrote Romans would have known this passage. And so let me just pick a couple verses. Uh, Romans 8.20, For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So Paul's describing in different language the brokenness of the world. But it's like a woman in labor. Childbirth, the pain, the agony of that experience brings forth new life. And so it's, it's Romans 8, 28, that God working all things for good is set in the context of a brokenness and a common experience that we all have with the struggle and pain of our world. And so we know that in all things, God is working a good purpose, that there is a time and a season for every activity. And so Greenwich is in a time of mourning. Now, each of you may not be experiencing that, but with Jan's service this coming Saturday, that's, I think, our seventh funeral in nine weeks, starting with Joy's husband, Jason, and then my mother, Marianne Cockrell. There was another Donna Swanson who had been worshiping with us, um, Dave Wynn, Greg Stanley, Jan Deshays, Jean Beach, Kay Beach's uh, uh, daughter, please. And, and Admiral Ricketts, thank you. Admiral Ricketts, that's right. By the time we finish Monday afternoon, which means yep. we will have had Pastor Jason and Jean Beach. Is it 10? There you go. Nine. There you go. Nine funerals in 10 weeks. Now, all these people are not known to all of you. But between myself, Margaret, and Eric, we have been shepherding these families. And our family itself is one of the families being shepherded by the, by the congregation. So we're in a season of mourning as a church family. Okay. We've had seasons where we've had like, you know, seven and eight baptisms in the span of, you know, eight or nine weeks. You know, just the, the, the baby boom that, that happened a, a few years ago. And so we understand that when things are rough, and that's the point here, when things are rough, God's working. When you're walking through a difficult stretch, it may be a, a, an episode, but it may be a season. We're in a season of mourning, but we will come out of this. And so right now it's a time for us as a church family to pray for one another, to be attentive to one another, to, to comfort one another. 
Um, and, and if you are not the person in the morning yourself, pray for those who are. And then we will emerge out of this. And so I'm sure you've seen this uh, as a, a business. There's a time to buy and there's a time to sell. Yes. You got out of the general contracting business. Rector Construction, you all were doing that for quite a while, weren't you? For yeah. I, I don't know how many years. Since 1961. 1961, and in 2000, was it seven or eight that you got yes. out? Yes. What happened in 2008 and in 2009? <laughs> the world. We got how elected. did you know? We didn't. We didn't know. Um, we saw little things on the horizon. Um, we just decided it wasn't a business that we wanted to be in yeah. anymore. Um, was not, did not match with my moral character. Yeah. So we made a shift and we got lucky. And God blessed you. There was a, so there was a time to be in general contract, time to get out. Yes. And then you shifted to another part of uh, the business community and, and developing estate, and, yes. and continuing to do that. And so this experience, yeah. I was going to jump back to Romans 8. Yeah, so, please do. So Don gave me just a little tidbit of preparing for this. So he made reference to Roman 8. So I read Roman 8. And I thought you were going somewhere totally different Go. than where you went. Yeah. So Ecclesiastes 3 talks about we're all, we're all going to have the same fate. We're all going to die. Yep. And it makes reference to does the spirit of the human yeah. go up or does it go down into the ground like the animal? And that left me empty yeah because we're all going to go to the same fate but i hope we all don't end up in the same place or i hope we all end up yeah. in the same place <laughs> so i'm reading romans 8 and i get to uh 10 and 11 and it says christ's spirit mm. if it is in you will give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you amen and that with Ecclesiastes fitting under Romans 8 Correct. answers the question. Correct. And so, so the teacher <clears throat> writing Ecclesiastes, uh, you know, what, 1000 BC, doesn't know Jesus the Christ who is going to come and offer his life, die and rise, and resurrection. So there is a time know. to die and there is a time to be raised to eternal life. And Paul understands that. Yes. And that's, that is the answer then. And so Romans 8 finishes, can anything separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord? No. Can death? No. No. And that is the answer. Thank you for, for bringing that out. So Romans 8 would be in the top, uh, in the top five as well. Uh, let's close here. Uh, and Coleman, thank you uh, for... Thank for, you. Uh, helping to lead and, and thank you and, for the uh, opportunity thank you for for listening as as we do this is a different format isn't it than most churches are doing <laughs> and one of our new members last week said it's kind of almost like a podcast format you know we take we take the the scripture and then we hear it from different perspectives and we pray that as we are talking this through you yourself are going but I think it says this and that's what we're hoping for so Lord hear our prayer Hear our prayer for one another, for those families that are walking through this season of loss and mourning. And Lord, for families that are walking through a season of joy and celebration, how we rejoice together. That there is a time and a season for every activity. And how we look forward to the time when we shall all rise and we shall be reunited with you. 
And so God bless us as we continue uh, on this journey through this life, as we pray in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Familiar tune, lots of words here, but it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And it's, O Christ the same. Let's stand and sing together. <clears throat> 